Is the market getting ready to take a turn towards a bull run? Bitcoin and the altcoins are showing signs of life after a several-month downturn. Also, a major Bitcoin milestone happened today. After months of carefully and painstakingly mining my tokens, I finally made a costly error. I just didn't want Travis to feel alone. So I'll share what happened and what I learned. Finally, we've got a smattering of news from across the blockchain world. A smattering is a little more than a dollop, for those who are wondering. It's not all the news that's fit to print, but it's a bunch of news that we can squeeze into the show. So put your clothes in the dryer, set it to spin, because you're with us for the next 60 minutes. It's the bad news episode number 118 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, two, Who's bad? We got us some bad news today, Mr. Travis Wright. We got bad news. We got good news. We got average news. We got mad news. We got news. We got some news that ain't even really news. <laughs> you news, you lose. <laughs> Welcome, friends. And uh, enemies. And enemies. We have some sea creatures here. We have some enemies, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to the Bad Crypto Podcast, the show for the crypto curious and the crypto serious. I'm curious. I'm Joel Cum. I'm serious always. I'm Travis Wrong. You're so serious, Mr. Travis Wrong. And uh, we're glad you're here. One of the top crypto shows in the world by the miracle of I don't even know how that happens, but thanks for listening. We appreciate it. That is true. You know, we're really, we're really popular in Alpha Centauri. Really big fan of that. Uh, the the uh, the Sun, uh, you know, Sirius out there. We're really, we're really serious there. Spelled S I R I U S, I believe. It yeah, is. we're also big on Uranus. We're also big on Uranus. You love that. That was some really great news that you found out this week, didn't you? <laughs> Turns out that Uranus actually does smell <laughs> the planet. Yeah. It smells like sulfuric acid, which is the smell of farts. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. But how do they know that? Like, we've never sent anybody up to Uranus. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But <laughs> you can, we can smell Uranus from here. <laughs> you may want to wash. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, the bad news has begun, and this would be a great time to transition to our sponsor for this episode. I know Abasa will appreciate this coming right after that bit. The Zilla app is out in the Apple App Store, soon to be uh, on Android as well. And of course, this is where you can check out the latest ICOs and evaluate all the T's that we talk about in the ICO spotlights and crypto spotlights. And if you don't know what the T's are, well, then you should be listening to those shows. So I'm teasing you mm -hmm. to get you there. Go check first, it out. The first one is Travis. <laughs> um, the next one is Terrestrial. There's some other ones too. But you should definitely give it a try. Download the Zilla app in the iTunes App Store. Android coming soon. Wallet and chat also on the way in a build. Z-I-L-L-A. Boom. It appears that Bitcoin and the altcoins have taken a bit of a rally. You know what? That's one thing we know about the crypto space, Mr. Joe Com. Crypto goes up. Crypto goes down. Crypto goes up. 
crypto goes down. And then it's already done this. It passed 9,000. It went up to 9,500. Now it's below 9,000. Now is it down downward trending? Now, if you actually zoom out of the charts a little bit, though, Mr. Joel Com, it looks like that this 9,500 that we hit, that it could be a dead cat bounce. Like, I mean, you see when it goes, it hit up to 20,000 and then, uh, and then 15, uh, and then 11, uh, and then nine. Uh. So I don't know if it's going to be a full on bull run, but it sure was nice to see some green on the cryptos there for a few days. Yeah. So as of uh, this recording, which is the day of the release, they'll come out uh, late, 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 late tonight, almost tomorrow. But your tomorrow is your today. So dig that. Market cap is presently at four hundred three billion. Bitcoin sitting just below nine thousand. Um, Ethereum at six thirty seven. Ripple eighty three cents. And one of the big runners for the week in the number five position is EOS currently sitting at just under $15 up 58% for the last seven days. Yeah, that's a nice run. We've talked about that quite a little bit. Full disclosure, Joel and I hold some EOS. I'm a big fan of the EOS. I just think it's the it's a really interesting operating system that they're building for the internet. And this whole week really was interesting because it started out at around 350 billion, then it made it up to about 400 billion, then it went back down to about 370 billion, then it went all the way up to 435 billion, and then it went all the way back down to 380 billion, and now it's back up at 400 billion. So this crypto space, I mean, it's just up and down and up and down, but this are, at least the, the global total market capitalization uh, chart looks like it is on a nice upward trend, at least from the last the last seven days or so, last month or so, it still is on an upward trend as well. So, because it got down all the way to about 248 billion uh, over the course of the last month, and now it's at 400 billion. And uh, I like that. It's, uh, it's got a nice little upward trend. Well, when you look at, you know, the Bitcoin lows, it, it went as low as, what, 6,400? And by the way, you could check out, there's a bunch of articles we've got in the show notes. And if you go to badco.in forward slash 118, then you can see all the stories. Some of them we'll talk about directly, but some of them are just there for your additional research and edification and knowledgeification. But uh, this story says that the April low was just below 6,450. So Bitcoin's up 34% from the April 1st low. That's really nice. There's some other really interesting coins that took off, man, this last week. Z Classic. Z Classic grew 422% all the way up. That's classic, man. That's so crazy. I mean, that's a a huge growth. And it's, I mean, that was not, I mean, that's just crazy. So it's already sitting at 125 billion. That was like a fork of Bitcoin and Monero, right? And it went up. At one time, actually, it went all the way up to like what before before they had done the fork, it got up to like one hundred and sixty, almost one hundred and seventy dollars. And then it went all the way back down to four dollars. And now it's all the way back up to thirty two dollars. What's up? What caused that? It's ZCL is the symbol. It's uh, currently uh, number one twenty seven in coin market cap. What uh, what caused the spike? Well, there was something that happened with um, I think Zcash and monero or something were creating a, a fork so they just sort of merged maybe was, i really don't know all the details on that because i'm bad but i remember there was going to be some fork that was happening that actually the fork happened sometime in like march and then i don't know what took i don't know what made it take off here recently but that was interesting to grow 400 percent I don't, I'm not sure that was monero i think that that was uh bitcoin private right bitcoin so, private is that it was? yeah yeah so if you held bitcoin 
or Z Classic in your wallet, then you got an equal number of uh, Bitcoin private coins. And Bitcoin private is actually listed in the, it's number 30 in coin market cap right now, sitting at four, almost $47. And it had a 46% run. So I think, you know, initially the reason Z Classic had a run up is because you got a Bitcoin private token much cheaper than if you had a Bitcoin, right? Because mm-hmm. I get one, you know, Bitcoin private for 8000 you can get you know a Z Classic before the run to thirty two dollars when the fork happened, which would have been as you said in March. Then Z Classic would have been at a what around six seven dollars. This is really interesting. If you look at the Z Classic charts, talk about a crazy spike. This thing went from January. Well, right, right before, at the end of the year, it was like $4. It spiked as high as $235. Is that the high? Wow. Fell okay. to $61, then spiked again to $189, and then fell off over a matter of a few days, probably right after the fork happened, and uh, fell to, to $10, to $7. Wow. This is one of the most dramatic charts I have uh, ever seen. Yeah, very cool. Love that. But not cool if you bought at the top and you're hodling at the bottom. You know, I did buy some when it was near the top, but I got out of it pretty quickly once I started seeing it slip because I was like, wait a second, there's some, what's going on with this one? Okay. And uh, I think it was the Z Classic. Pretty interesting. This, this whole space is crazy when you take a look at it because it again crypto goes up crypto goes down some days are red some days are green but it's crypto and uh sometimes the movement doesn't make a whole lot of technical sense i think you just wrote some song lyrics crypto going up crypto going down crypto going up crypto going down <laughs> what is that so what is that song we're going up oh that's a, that's a uh like a, a glenn fry song or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. up Hit him on the dial. Uh, dirty laundry. It was uh, Don. Dirty Don laundry. The other <clears throat> uh-huh. Maybe dirty crypto is what we need to do. Oh, dude! I think we just came up with a parody song. Okay, you guys have to watch for that one, and uh, maybe we'll go over to Fiverr and commission that to somebody. So uh, yesterday, which uh, you know, it's Thursday as we're recording this. Yesterday was Wednesday, and it was the day that we saw a a retreat on uh, on Bitcoin and altcoins. Um, this article on Market Watch called it a breather. <sighs> Double digit losses. Yeah, yes. Yeah, breather. I w- it was more like a gasp. Like <laughs> that happened like in the middle of the night too. Like I woke up and I was like, "What? Oh my god! That, what happened overnight? Like how did how did that happen?" <laughs> I don't know. A gasp is kind of like I, I think of the roller coaster analogy. Like what happened in January when it went and you're like. Your hands in the air, you know, and you go, oh, that's a gasp. This is kind of like that little bump on the roller coaster. You know, you've just gone through the the big hill and you've screamed and, you know, uh-huh. y- your girlfriend's holding you tight next to you because oh, and her fingernails are going into your arm and you're loving and hating it all at the same time. And then you hit this next little one that's kind of like, whoa. It feels more like- yeah, but it's one of those things. It's like, I mean, from up in January – to where we were in like March, you know, my crypto holdings went down by like almost 70%. You know, I mean, that's like a big, that's a big gasp. Well, then we had just one day where my crypto went down like 
I lost like an eighth of my crypto overnight. That's almost like that's like a little that's worth of a, that's worth a mini gasp, isn't it? A mini At least gasp. like a small gasp. Yeah, you can gasp. <gasps> Uh, something else interesting happened in the Bitcoin world here uh, while you were sleeping or while you weren't listening or while you weren't paying attention. Uh, and this is kind of an interesting milestone. You know, there's only 21 million Bitcoins that will ever be mined. And today we hit number 17 million. So the supply Ooh. just got less. The supply just got less. And 21 million total, there's only going to be 4 million more mined ever. And that tells me, Mr. Joel Com, because like right now, every time a, a, the Bitcoin gets mined, every block is 12.5 Bitcoin. Started out at 50, then it halved in about four years, then it was at 25, then it halved again about two years ago or whatever. And in a couple more years, it's going to have again. And then every block is going to be 6.25 Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Every time I've ever seen when that, when that coin... Uh, when it does that and and it halves, then the price tends to to go up pretty substantially. And so I could imagine in a couple of years, once it halves again and it goes to six point two five, but boom! And then four more years later, when it goes down to three point whatever, three point one two five, that's the, every time it halves, I've seen that it, that it take off. But now we're looking at you know seventeen million of the twenty one million are now in circulation. There's estimations that about three to four million of them are lost. I know I've lost 55 of them. There are other people out there who have lost or misplaced them. They say Satoshi Nakamoto, whoever that is, probably has about a million of them. So realistically, man, there's only 12 or 13 million Bitcoin in circulation. And of those, how many are actively selling their Bitcoin? Most people are holding theirs. So there's, there's just a small percentage of Bitcoin out there actually for sale. And most people will not have one whole Bitcoin ever, and they're going to be sad that they didn't you know, try to buy one whenever they had one of these dips. But if they're bad, then they won't be sad. Here's actually some data on this. There's 4 million Bitcoin left to be mined. We will hit 18 million in next year, in the year 2019. We'll hit 19 million in the year 2022, and we will reach 20 million in the year 2026. Um, and I, I found this on a Reddit piece. The author said, we will never actually hit 21 million because mathematically, the actual amount of Bitcoins that will ever be mined is 20,999,999.9769. So they're even more scarce than we knew. Right. Yeah, it's like that little tiny little uh, little fraction there at the end is is a game changer. Now, this is interesting news actually about that, because on May 17th in 2011, a miner, Midnight Magic, which they don't know why, claimed a 49.99999 block instead of an even 50. So that's what kind of screwed it all up. Oh, man, leave it to one guy. Well, you know, as you're talking about the distribution of Bitcoin, I found this piece of data on bitinfocharts.com, the top 100 richest Bitcoin addresses. And this is some really fascinating stuff because you can see they, they've analyzed all the Bitcoin wallets and they can tell you based on the balance the percentage of people that you know are holding those coins so for example if you go all the way down to the bottom there are three addresses that are holding between a hundred thousand and a million bitcoin accounting for 2.6 percent 
of uh, all the Bitcoins that are out there. Uh, there are 110 wallets holding between 10,000 and 100,000 or 20 per uh, Let's see, is that accurate? Um, yeah, about 18% of all the coins. So most of the wallets that are out there are holding small amounts. Yeah, they hold, well, between the way that it looks like, the the top 113 people who have 10,000 Bitcoin or more, uh, they hold about 20.21% of all mm -hmm. of the cryptos, which is crazy. And if you look at some of the other ones, like, I mean, there's, what, 13 or 10 million people who hold between zero and 0 0.001. So there's a lot of people out there who don't even have very, very many, very much cryptos at all. But if you look at the whole thing overall, I mean, most people, I mean, look at that. They have between, it looks like a nice majority of people have between one and 10 Bitcoin or 0.1 and one Bitcoin, you know, so most people do not have a full Bitcoin folks. And uh, that's nice. So if you can get yourself a full Bitcoin, you know, congrats. In the real bad news for the week, there was another uh, breach. And in this case, it was a My Ether Wallet breach. You know, we've warned people to always check, as does MyEtherWallet.com, to check and make sure that you are on their actual site and not a spoofed phishing site. Uh, but this time, that didn't matter because if you weren't paying really close attention, you could have had your Ether stolen, as a lot of people did. So the domain uh, name system registration service from Google, those servers were actually hijacked at around noon a couple of days ago. And what happened was they um, then redirected my Ether wallet users to a phishing site that basically looked exactly like the original site. And once you were, you know, typed in your private key or once you uploaded your JSON file or one of those other unsecure methods, they basically then began to steal all your crypto out of that particular, that, all of that particular wallet. And uh, that happened for, what, about an hour or so that, that was going on? They realized it pretty quickly. And uh, it was not something that my Ether wallet did. It was something that Google's domain name registration pro had a problem. And I don't know. They basically didn't have their... Uh, their their dns servers locked down effectively well it appears that it might still be happening and if you go to the show notes and check the the ether scan link this will show you the actual wallet itself containing the stolen funds now this particular wallet has about 15 million dollars of ether in it i don't know if it's you know a rogue exchange it's got 23,811 ether in it and about 133,000 dollars worth of altcoins um and i don't know you know, if this is, I don't think it's all stolen, but you know, up to just two minutes ago, there's still transactions of Ether coming in and of Ether going out to another wallet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you know this, Mr. Joe Com? Boy, you sure seem pretty informed about all of this, don't you? Mm -hmm. Do I? <laughs> what are you? What are you? He's like it's got 15, it's got fifteen million dollars worth of ether in it. You know, you guys. Uh, it's got exactly twenty three thousand seven hundred seventy. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how, but I mean, I don't know how I know all this. This was this oh yeah was, ether, ether scan oh yeah ether yeah, scan ether. this was a clever hack and all the more reason that you've got to be super conscious of you know what's safe and what's not in fact I found a, a plugin I think somebody must have written us at badcryptopodcast at gmail .com and told us about the kryptonite uh, plugin for Chrome and this puts a little shield 
on your um, your your bookmark bar. And mm-hmm. if it's green, if you're on a crypto site and the shield is lit up green, then you've got a verified site that's safe. Um, if it's not lit up, then it's either not a crypto site or it's not verified. Yeah, and that's uh, Crypto Night, N-I-T-E, and it's by MetaCert, M-E-T-A-C-E-R-T. And uh, so they basically have that set up to verify that the address is correct. You're not on a spoof site. I utilize that as well. And that is just another layer of protection for yourself before you go on some of these crypto sites. Make sure that that is green. And uh, then again, I don't even know that that's fully foolproof yet. So uh, it's crazy space out here. Human beings are fools. We're all fools to some degree. And so nothing is totally foolproof. So one of the things you could do is you could install my Ether wallet uh, locally on your own computer so that you can run it offline. You can send transactions from the send offline page. Now, I'm not exactly sure. I'm guessing you have to connect again in order then for the transaction to go through. Uh, I don't see how it could send anything if you're not actually connected. But here's what's interesting is that I... I'm looking closer at doing this for myself because I intended to move. Uh, I've got just a few tokens that are left in my Ether wallet, which I've got locked down and secured. And I, I keep the rest of my tokens on a Trezor um, cold storage wallet, which, you know, we highly recommend having having an offline wallet. And Mr. Travis Wright, uh, I know you lost 55 Bitcoin and you were hacked and you've had a number of different issues that make you sad. Um, everybody group hugged Mr. Travis Wright. But you are not alone now in making. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not alone. You are no longer alone in making errors. Yeah. And <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Are, are you saying you're a crypto dipshit? Too? I am. I I finally, after you know, I got into crypto last May 2017, and after painstakingly, uh, you know, being cautious with everything. I mean, you know, I I learned this the way you did, hands on. Okay, I'm going to test by sending a point oh one, you know, over here to make sure it works. Okay, it works for you. Okay, I'm going to test my Ether wallet now. All right, I'm going to test Ether Delta. I'm going to move it from this wall to that wall. Like I know what I'm doing. I've got this stuff down. So the other night it was late at night, and I thought, you know, I'm going to move those few remaining tokens that I've got from my uh, Ether wallet that is online to my Ether wallet that is secured with my Trezor. And the first thing I did is I wanted to send the few ETH that I have to my uh, my Binance account. And so I copied the address for my Binance ETH wallet, and I sent the ETH over there. What I failed to do as I went to my Ether wallet to send the remaining tokens is to copy the new destination address for my Trezor. I left the Binance ETH address <laughs> in my um, my send to, and it was only after I had sent two sets of tokens. I have a little bit of clear poll, uh, P-O-L-L, and I have a little bit of bit degree, B-D-G. And we're not talking a ton of money. Heck, I'll just put it out there. It was about $2,500 in tokens. Okay. But not something you want to lose. 
You said you have a little, but you mean you had a little. Yeah, I mean I had a little. Um, I don't cur- <laughs> I don't currently have it. I sent it over, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Now, a lot of people panic when that thing happens. I just went, you know what? You finally just made your first major crypto error, Mr. Joel Com, and it's probably gone forever. So I went over to Reddit, and I asked, and, you know, there's some people that told me, and I quote, that I was a dipshit for doing it, and that's like, those are always the nice people. Thank you, Reddit trolls. It, was it was that literally a quote? Because I just I just came up with dip, crypto dipshit. Uh, no, I, actually, I think they called me a retard. Okay, nice. Yeah, <laughs> nice people. So thanks, thanks for that. Uh, anonymous trolls of the internet other people were very understanding but most of them said nope you know it's gone you can't get it back and a couple suggested that if the exchange you know is uh, high-end customer service then maybe 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 so i logged into binance and i went to their support link and i typed wrong deposit and i came up with this piece it says if you sent wrong coins to your binance coin address um the four points here one binance generally does not offer a token coin recovery service two if you've suffered a significant loss as a result of incorrectly deposited tokens, Binance may solely at our discretion assist you in recovering your tokens. This process is extremely complicated and may result in significant cost, time, and risk. Three, if you wish to request Binance to recover your coins, then they ask you for account stuff and text IDs. And then they say, if it was possible to recover your coins, we may need to install or upgrade wallet software please be patient as it may cost over one month to um resure wrong coins and i'm like all right doesn't look like anything's going to happen but i submitted a request within 12 hours mr travis right within 12 mm-hmm. hours binance wrote me back and says thanks for your inquiry it's likely we will be able to recover your funds however there may be a significant delay many people have made similar mistakes thus our queue is quite large on top of this our technical team must handle each case individually due to the time and effort involved in manual retrieval we require a processing fee of 0.2 eth and you know right now that would make the recovery $125. Uh, they also said, keep in mind that if they ever decide to list the coin in the future, that the funds would be available, but you know, there's no guarantee they're going to list them. If you want your funds returned as quickly as possible, make sure you've got 0.2 ETH in your account and send us your email, the name of the coin, how much you deposited, the text ID, um, the mistake address, and the correct address, and then we will escalate. And so I wrote back and I said, yes, Please do it. And they wrote me back again uh, just a few minutes ago, actually. And they said, we've we have helped you forward your case to our relevant relevant department. And we assume your problem will get fixed soon, but it will still take time. So enough patience is necessarily required. Any further problem, please let us know. Thanks for your support. Sincerely, the Binance team. So they're going to charge me 125 for each coin. But since I had $2,500 in coins, uh, it looks like I'm going to get them back, Mr. Travis, right? Oh, man, that is so exciting, Mr. Jocom. And you learned a lesson and you taught other people your valuable lesson. That's right. So check and double check your addresses before you send anything. And don't transact crypto late at night when you're <laughs> when you're tired or if you're under the influence, you know, of alcohol or if you're like binge watching Netflix and distracted or something. Um, but shout out to Binance for uh, for for making this happen. You know, they they replied 
really quickly. I was very surprised, especially after dealing with like Poloniex before and their customer support. When I, I you know, I guess it's not the first time I lost tokens because I did try a BitShares transfer that didn't go through. So this will be the second time, Mr. Travis, right? That one happened very early on, but it took them a month to get back to me with Poloniex. Binance, less than 12 hours. Yeah, that's impressive. Binance is one of the creme de la creme when it comes to these exchanges and how they have support. You know, I think that it's important. I mean, a lot of these companies don't have good support, Mr. Jokam. They don't have the proper uh, channels in place to be able to help uh, customers who have made mistakes. And kudos to to Binance for not dropping the ball. And I mean, because they literally could have you still waiting for a response. Yeah, but they didn't. Right, and I and actually, I would have assumed that that was going to happen, and it didn't. Um, you know what else Binance has now, Mr. Travis? Right, I do know. Good, they have the they have the ability for users to convert crypto dust into their own Binance BNB token, which is a great thing. We've had conversations about this before. Like we need a dust buster. We need a crypto dust buster because like on all these exchanges, I have a little bit of this crypto dust because what is crypto dust? Well, so like, say for example, I am sending off a certain amount or I buy, let's say I send over some ETH and I buy an altcoin and then, well, you know, I, I have a little bit of leftover ETH because I couldn't buy all of this token here, but that ETH right there is not enough for me to transfer out. And so that just sits there in the exchange and it's called crypto dust. Well, now Binance allows users to turn that crypto dust into their useful token so they can actually convert that crypto dust into uh, BNB tokens, which is pretty handy. Yeah, because previously all it was was dust in the wind. But now uh, they're BNB. In fact, I'm looking at my account right now and I swept most of it yesterday, but it appears I have a uh, 0.0206 icon icx and point zero zero one seven three five zero six bitcoin so when you go to your uh, funds and then click balances you'll see a button at the top that says convert to bnb and you give that a second to load up and you could do this once every 24 hours uh, you cannot convert delisted coins uh, for that you might want to talk to uh, the coin janitor people which we had on uh, yesterday's spotlight episode because that was uh, that was interesting way to do that. All we have is crypto dust in the bin. <laughs> dust in the bin. I like that. This is good. I really like this suggestion because I, you know that was one of those things that we were talking about as a solution. Like, how do we do a crypto dust buster? Because I know that I got HTC. What is it? Hit BTC. I have some pretty much on every single exchange you go on, and I bet I probably have ten exchange accounts just because I'm like. Ooh, I might want to look in and get this token. Oh, well, it's only available on this exchange. And so you have to get new accounts on different exchanges. And I bet I got a little bit of crypto dust all over the place. But uh, well, I, this is good. I really like how, how, how Binance. I swept it. my dust yesterday and I actually have four and a half BNB coins right now, Binance coins. And Binance coin is at $14.31 right now. So that dust, which was truly you know, worthless and unusable is now, you know, what, $65, $70 worth of coin. That's so awesome. I'm going to actually look into mine right now. I'm uh, putting in my two-factor authentication as we speak, and I'm going to check out my Binance. Okay, while you do that, let's go ahead and jump to the uh, the next story. And now that I've shared my tale of woe, that looks like it's going to have a happy ending. And I'll let you guys know, um, you know, when I do indeed retrieve those coins. More news from the blockchain space. A former top Wall Street regulator turns to the blockchain. 
So his name is Gary Gensler. He was a top financial regulator during the Obama presidency and a finance chief for Hillary's 2016 presidential campaign, also worked at Goldman Sachs. And he is diving deep into the world of blockchain. He's he's going to work at uh, MIT and he's going to write and he's going to teach about uh, the blockchain potential and how it can change the financial worlds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he uh, looks like he gave a speech on Monday and uh, he was talking about, you know, the second and third most used uh, virtual currencies, Ether and Ripple. And, you know, here's a guy who comes from Wall Street. So, he really, it looks like he, he likes Ripple. He thinks that they are non-compliant securities as well. Doesn't this dude look like a financial dude? I mean, just <laughs> not to stereotype, but he, he kind of does it himself just by how he appears. He just looks like he'd be in banking. Yeah, well, he is in banking. And uh, yeah, oh, it's, been, it's been a crazy year, Mr. Joel Kahn. I mean, considering the fact that in, in 2017 and all through 2018, over a thousand ICOs and over a hundred exchanges that are offering ICOs. There is some things that uh, that the SEC wants to figure out, and uh, this guy seems to think that the crypto is is a good thing, right? He likes he likes the blockchain. It does appear to be so, and others in financial industries seem to be echoing it because this big news on CNBC. The headline reads: Nasdaq is open to becoming cryptocurrency exchange. CEO says. This is huge. If, you know, once you could start trading cryptos on NASDAQ, forget about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that goes back to, you know, I started, you started using that Robinhood app a little bit more. And, uh, and so I just like deposited a grand from my bank account over into to that. And so I've gotten, you know, I've, I've purchased some overstock and then I've also got some, bought some Bitcoin on there. And so I'm just using that to get some stocks, but oh my gosh, it's, it's so cool how I can easily buy a stock or I can easily buy some crypto. And right now you can only buy ether and, and Bitcoin, but they're going to ex- expand on that to some of these other cryptos down the road. But it's just so it's just so easy. And man, imagine if something like NASDAQ decides to, you know, create an exchange and maybe maybe there'll be NASDAQ.io probably or something. Well, they're already moving that direction on uh, this same week. They announced a collaboration with Gemini, which is the exchange run by the Winklevi, Tyler and Cameron Winklevoss. And the deal gives Gemini access to NASDAQ's surveillance technology to help make sure the platform provides a fair and rules-based marketplace for their own participants. So clearly, NASDAQ is uh, wide open to this. They see the future they know that this is this is where it's going yeah and you know even the even um so the nasdaq ceo she said icos need to be regulated the sec is right that those are securities and need to be regulated as such i think personally not all of them are securities but you know uh however you know if if every what is it what is that one quote if every problem is a is a nail then is a hammer no what is that you know you know what i'm talking about um if you're a hammer, then everything is a nail. Right. Everything looks like a nail. Yeah. So that's kind of it. The SEC looks at this like, oh, it's money. Oh, they're trading it. It must be a security. But we've talked to a lot of different ICOs that it really doesn't seem that it's a that it's a security per se. It's actually a utility token. So I do think there needs to be some clarification on this. But then again, I'm also sad of seeing, you know, all these companies that are building innovative, you know, blockchain properties 
going to Malta or going to Gibraltar or going to Singapore, leaving America. And I'd like them to figure something out that's a win-win so that companies aren't scared to even launch their company in America. Come to Malta Bralta because that's where Malta Bralta is where the activity is is going on. What do we got here? Another blockchain news, Mr. Travis, right? Yeah. So in in other news, we have Amazon reveals blockchain templates for Ethereum and Hyperledger Fabric. So it looks like they're creating a blockchain as a service platform uh, to compete with similar projects that IBM and Oracle are creating, right? So IBM and Oracle are really big on blockchain. Amazon has not been as big on blockchain yet. However, they are creating some Amazon Web Services blockchain templates to give AWS users working on blockchain projects a faster way to set up on the Ethereum blockchain or on Linux Linux's Hyperledger. And so this is a move in the right direction. Now, also, Mr. Jokom, we saw last week that Amazon had scored a patent from the uh, from the U.S. Patent Office to be able to basically be a narc on the crypto. So they basically cre- uh, have a patent for this technology to determine if anyone is using their network or using the Internet to trade cryptos, and it will tell the government on them. That was nice. Wow. Tattletales. Well, I know. Uh, this other piece re- related to Amazon, uh, I actually heard in uh, James Altucher's newsletter and the Amazon earnings call is is coming up. And he's stopped saying that they're going to make this you know amazing prediction about accepting cryptocurrencies. And now he's now he's saying, well, they may right at any time. And, and sooner or later, he's going to be right about that. <laughs> Because uh-huh. they will, but every time they do an earnings, a quarterly earnings call, there is the potential, uh, and when that does happen, and it will happen at some point, I believe, then we're going to see the crypto markets explodify. And again, some more institutional news. This survey that was published by Thomas Reuters last week found that one in five financial institutions is considering trading cryptos within the next twelve months again the writing is on the wall or the writings on the blockchain it is and they the survey that they're referencing they basically chatted with over 400 clients across all their platforms that includes like large asset managers hedge funds trading desk those largest banks and so if they say one in four are thinking about doing that one in five and they interviewed about five 400 people so what 80 to 100 of them are thinking of getting into crypto soon ish but you know what sometimes in these big banks they don't they don't really move all that fast so thinking about getting into crypto and getting into crypto are two different things we shall see travis you and i have both been fans of litecoin ever since we got into the cryptos because it's just it's super fast and this story on business insider is mind-blowing 99 million dollars worth of litecoin was sent between two wallets in a single trade last week and, and it got all kinds of attention nobody knows exactly who it was but here's what's really amazing about it that nine it, it was joel com it was joel com <laughs> 99 million he's got 99 problems but like it was lamboni satoshi moto (laughs) here's what's really amazing about this transaction it took two and a half minutes to settle and it cost get this 40 cents in mining fees that's it that is outrageous 40 whole cents oh my god that is highway robbery It should have been 20 cents at most. <laughs> it's craziness. And so, you know, Litecoin, uh, Ripple, Stellar, 
are, uh, you know, cheaper, quicker and more reliable alternatives, especially when it comes to international transactions. So I am still bullish on Litecoin and, and maybe sometime here in the near future, we need to get Mr. Charlie Lee back on to talk about developments because uh, are we getting tweets from uh, the Litecoin Foundation? They tweeted the interview that we had with him before saying, here's an oldie, but a goodie. And I'm thinking an oldie, it's only like three, four months well, old. Six or seven, actually. Yeah. It's been uh, time well, flies yeah. when you're having fun. Dude, time flies in the crypto space. You're, that is true. But seriously, Almost $100 million in transaction and it cost $0.40. Cents. You you know how much that would have cost if you were sending that via traditional payment methods? I bet that would have cost you a couple million dollars. I think you're right. Here's another big name that appears to be dabbling with blockchain. Walmart, heard of them? They are filing another patent for a blockchain-related project. Uh, they've got one patent that is for vendor payment system that automates package tracking and payment processing for shipments. But this new one is also related. It's for courier shopping system that works in conjunction with the customer relationship module to process orders and ship orders to customers. So, uh, you know, what are they doing there in the blockchain? Hmm. And maybe they'll change their name to Blockmart, and then their stock price will soar. And our final news story is a fun story. You know, Tencent is a huge Chinese gaming company, and they have announced their first blockchain-based game, which I can't read the title in Chinese, but it, it translates into Let's Hunt Monsters. And they're calling it in this article a combination of Pokemon Go and, guess what, CryptoKitties. Users can cruise around urban streetscapes and catch hundreds of virtual monsters thanks to augmented reality technology while rearing and trading millions of digital kittens stored on a blockchain. Hmm. It's going to be a, a mobile app, um, Android and iOS. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they Tencent owns WeChat, amongst a bunch of other things. And, you know, they're so advanced there that when you're actually in China, and because I've gone there now a couple of times with Huawei, you know, and they all use WeChat. You can literally just easily send money via WeChat. And they have over a billion active users there uh, using that particular platform. So they have a built in sort of a, of a platform already. And now they're going to say, get up and go catch some demons. Get up and find demons. <laughs> Demon hunter. Well, we hope you have enjoyed your weekly dose of bad news. Now we've got some good news here as we have selected our random winner for two tickets to World Crypticon. This is the major crypto event that's going to be taking place in Las Vegas, October 30th through November 2nd. And uh, we're going to be out there emceeing and hanging and, and uh, doing all kinds of shenanigans. Uh, this gentleman who is on our newsletter subscription list is our winner. His name is John Nickel. And that in a nickel will get you two tickets, John. Congratulations. We'll see you in Vegas. And if you want to win in World Crypticon's weekly giveaway of two tickets, then you need to go sign up for our newsletter. We send out one email each week, and the URL to sign up is badco.in forward slash WCC. And at the end of the giveaway, World Crypticon is going to be awarding to one person an all-expense-paid trip 
to Las Vegas for the conference. So your air, your hotel, and the the event. Uh, and uh, so you got to be on the mailing list in order to get that badcode.in forward slash WCC. So Mr. Travis Wright, get us out of here. All right. So in the spirit of bad crypto, you should, hold on, let me listen to this. Stay bad and catch the demon. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.